Now, more of Afternoon Drive, presented by Superbook Sports on Mile High Sports. Five twenty-five. Welcome on into the program. Afternoon drive. Anil Piro, Cody Rourke, right here on a Tuesday. Old pal John Gray back in town after joining the Texas Rangers in the offseason. The Rockies at home, getting ready to uh, start a little two-game series, back-to-back nights against Texas. Six forty. First pitch scheduled for tonight. One ten tomorrow. Rockies at fifty-three and seventy on the year. Texas at fifty-six and sixty-six. Certainly a more d- disappointing outcome, I would say, for Texas when you look at their record compared to the Rockies. When you uh, take a look at the expectations relative to it all before the season starts, but uh, to talk a little Rockies baseball and to show us the bright side of Rockies baseball, he is very much needed in this media market. Does a great job for us here at Mile High Sports, and I've been looking forward to chat with him here on the new program. He is Drew Creaseman, kind enough to give us a few minutes of his time, Mister Creaseman. How are we doing on this Tuesday? Hey, I'm doing well, Nilo. Hey, and congratulations to you, fellas. Excited about this. Appreciate it, man. Well, hopefully we'll get you on, you know, more and more. I know the Rockies uh, season is coming to a close, but obviously spring training, free agency, the whole nine, you'll be uh, our mainstay for Rockies content on the program as we move forward, my friend. So looking forward to that. But um, I don't really know where to start. Let's start with some good, all right, because we'll, we'll talk about some other topics and whatnot, but let's talk about Elleris Montero here. And Look, you know, he's come up. He's the centerpiece in the trade that obviously sent Nolan Arenado to St. Louis. And uh, 24 years old, he's in 245, not the best average, but 13 RBI, four home runs this season. Uh, seems like he is the first of maybe the new generation of young Rockies players to come up through their farm system. Talk to me about Montero and what he's been able to do on the big league level for the Rocks this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he really is the most exciting thing to, to watch about the team right now. The, the thing you look at and you go, yeah, this guy could be a, a star hitter. You know, it's a little bit of a shaky start with some of those overall numbers that you just listed off. Maybe don't sound that exciting. Uh, you know, he, he really didn't play that much for the first half of the season, though. He really hasn't been getting regular starts until August. And since then, uh, the numbers are much better. All those home runs have come in this month, all the, the ribbies, all that stuff. So he's really getting his first taste of the big leagues, really, in this in the last couple of weeks. And it's been fantastic. Had his first multi-home run game the other night against the Giants, then hit a, a third one in the series. And he's still, you know, filling out. And he is a big boy already. Yes. <laughs> he is a large gentleman. And so, yeah, there's a lot of excitement there. And he raked throughout the minors, absolutely raked at every single level. He, he's won a couple of uh, uh, minor league awards and stuff. So this guy's the real deal. And like you said, he is the first of several more that should be coming. Uh, you know, it's, it, it was wild to me, Anilo. It's been a big talking point for a long time that so much framing of what the Rockies have done doesn't make sense and or is, is absolutely unacceptable in part because of how bad their farm system is rated. And very quietly during this season, MLB pipeline now has the Rockies farm system ranked ninth, ninth. They've certainly they come a long way. I, and, and that was actually yeah. one of my talking points here. They've got, what is this? Four prospects here in the top 100, Zach V number 24, Ezekiel Tovar, the shortstop at 28, 
Uh, Adele Amador, I hope I said that correctly, the shortstop at 64, and then Drew Romo at catcher at 66. So it's also not like these guys, you know, are ranking, you know, 90, 87, 88. I mean, right. you know, for the most part, these are the cream of the crop kind of guys here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's before this new draft class, which is also pretty universally considered to be fantastic, has gotten their opportunity to prove anything at all. Uh, so I was looking at the, the pipeline, and they've got three of their top ten are from the most recent draft class, including number seven, Sterling Thompson out of Florida, who was the Trevor Story memorial pick. Remember, the Rockies did get something for not trading and or re-signing Trevor Story. They got this compensatory draft pick, and the guy they used to uh, with that pick on is now ranked seventh in their system, but is suddenly ranked ninth. So th- there's some talent here, and some of it's far away, but some of it, like Montero now and probably Ezekiel Tovar to start next season, maybe even at the end of this season, are it- it's getting going. So they're there's something to look forward to. We are chatting with Drew Creaseman, covers the Rockies for us at MyLifeSports.com. Be sure to follow him on Twitter, at Drew Creaseman. Does a great job for us. And look, I'm not trying to poo-poo on them. Obviously, this year has been you know, not exactly ideal, but it is one thing where you do kind of get excited at seeing you know, a list of four or five different players, you know, all who are not just highly regarded prospects in the Rockies system, but highly regarded prospects across Major League Baseball. I, I think that's uh, you know certainly something that I think gives the Rockies fans some sort of optimism after what's been a little bit of a rough season. Yeah, it's what you've got to look forward to. It's where it has to come from a team that is built on draft and develop that other than apparently Chris Bryant is never going to sign you know, <laughs> the big, huge free agent. And, and, so, and on the pitching side, you really can't. You have to grow that stuff. It's, it's how they built back-to-back postseason teams in 17 and 18 was – and I've made this comparison several times before, Nilo. That group of guys really wasn't that highly touted. They they were thought again. It was like the ninth to twelfth best farm system people thought when it had John Gray and Kyle Freeland and Armand Marquez and Trevor Story and David Dahl and you know some of those guys panned out. Some didn't. Some were okay. But they went to back to back postseasons largely with guys who came from their own system who hadn't been there before and who a lot of people weren't necessarily counting on. And I could see that happening a couple of years from now with Montero, Tovar, Veen, uh, Riley Pint has returned in his yeah. back in AAA. What a, what a fantastic story that has been. Wasn't so, like, he on the verge of like retiring at one point, or like walking he, away from the retire. game? retire. No, he, he retired for a season. Wow. And, and, and he was done. And then he came back, and the Rockies talked to him. They let him walk away. They let him come back. They let him come back on his terms. They put him in the bullpen now, and, and that's where he stayed. But he still throws absolute gas, but now he kind of knows where it's going. <laughs> and he put up some, some pretty decent numbers in double-A to the extent that they recently promoted him to triple-A. So, yeah, this guy was a number one overall pick, has absolutely electric stuff, just couldn't find the strike zone, was so bad he retired, then came back, and now he's in triple-A on the doorstep of big league baseball maybe as an opportunity to be an answer for the Rockies in the bullpen over the next couple of years. Yeah, and I remember we put up a post on this on the Mile High Sports Instagram uh, on August 16th, so not too long ago. I haven't checked his updated numbers, but he recently was promoted from AA to AAA, that is Riley Pine. In his last 11 appearances in that span, 
uh, with the two teams. Pine had posted an 0.82 earned run average. So I mean, like the numbers yeah. are there, and I don't know who you credit that to. Maybe he just needed to step away from the game and kind of you know rethink some things and reevaluate himself as a player. You know, but that's another guy that you got in the mix now, and I, I that's certainly exciting too. And look, I know a lot of the guys that we talked about in the top 100, Veen, some of these other guys, they're all position players. Nice to get a pitcher in the mix as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to pitch. Yes. It, the game really does uh, begin and end out there on, on the mound, and if you can't get those starters, and that's really what's cost the Rockies this season. As much as there's been a lot of things that hasn't you know, really gone their way, this rotation has been a bit of a mess, and Sensatella has been hurt all year, and he's got a serious injury, so they're probably going to have to go out and, and look for some depth. And almost all of their exciting prospects, Ryan Rollison, Peter Lambert, Injured, injured. Uh, so that's been the big bugaboo right now. They need to find some guys who can get out there on that mound, be healthy, pitch well. You know, the worst career seasons for both Freeland and Marquez. So they they need some answers out there uh, from a starting pitching standpoint. By the way, it's not Bud Black. Yeah, can, can we please talk people. about that, please? I mean, I saw the the piece that was written by a fellow media outlet this morning. I was spinning. In, I was spinning in a circle. Even even our good friend Jake Shapiro was defended. It. I mean, anyone that thinks that Bud Black that. is the problem with this team, and look, I know it clicks, interest, whatever it might be. That is an asinine take. He is the captain of a sinking ship with this team right now in the roster. You can't expect anything more from them. It's it's wild, man. Like two or three of the best starting pitching seasons in Rockies history have come under Bud Black. <laughs> two or three of the best relief pitching seasons in Rockies history have come under Bud Black. Uh, he doesn't set the roster. He doesn't make the trades or not make the trades. He doesn't set the budget. Uh, the, the guy can't make pitchers who've been struggling all year to find the strike zone throw strikes. It, it, there's only so much Bud Black is empowered to do. And, you know, I, I've been critical of certain philosophical things he does and, and certain things with position players. But when it comes to starting pitching and or, or relief pitching, I've been watching this team for 30 years, all right? I've been watching the Rockies very closely. Nobody's come within the neighborhood of Bud Black of being able to figure out how to get some actual consistent pitching out of here. I know it goes against what I just said about how bad it's been this year, but I think that's on either other coaches or the personnel or just a general malaise over the team. But it's not Bud Black. He's the one guy who's actually done well in this department. Right. I, I mean, you want to say, oh, the team stinks this year. You know, you want to throw Buddy Black into the mix of, you know, why they have the record that they have? Okay, sure. But he is down like the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th reason as to why the Rockies are where right. they are. You could think of another right. a number of other reasons in that sense. But we're chatting with Drew Creaseman. Follow him on Twitter at Drew Creaseman. Does a great job for us here at My Life Sports. Uh, old pal John Gray back in town. I know you had a good relationship with him when he was uh, pitching for the Colorado. Colorado Rockies. Interesting situation surrounding his departure. I mean, look, I, I didn't know him quite as well as you do, but I did have some conversations with him when he was playing for the Rockies. By all accounts, it seemed like he really liked being here. What happened that led to John Gray's departure, Drew? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a, great, that's a great question because he, he did love it here, and he wanted to come back, and he, he wanted to come back right up until the, the moment that Texas offer came in. And, you know, all of a sudden there was uh, pressure on, on John to, to sign the deal. And, and he did. And, and, and I don't think he regrets it to any extent. You know, it, it's difficult because the Rockies do this thing, and, and it's bit them a couple of times before, where they'll basically say, this is what we think this player is worth, and we'll offer him that. 
and then we're not really going to like match if some other team's going to offer them more. Like that's they're not going to bump up their their offer or whatever. So they didn't. Right? They didn't match Texas. They thought it was too much. I I think you can make an argument that it was and and even has been. He's had a decent season, but I don't I don't know that he's worth what they're paying him. But all that is it gets kind of into the weeds. It's just. You know, it, it really is too bad that it came down to that, that it, it was just a matter of a, a couple million dollars uh, this way or that way. They could have used them. They, they they certainly could have used them, and I thought that they should have gone ahead and, and paid him more, but, you know, I, I don't know what the... <laughs> I don't know what the calculations were on that one. That was one that I, I thought... And it's funny because, you know, when people focus in on front office failures of the last couple of years, they tend not to focus in on that one. They were Trevor's not, not trading Trevor story or whatever. The John Gray one to me is the biggest miss so far in the Bill Schmidt tenure is that either not trading or not signing that they really needed to bring him back for a guy who proved he could pitch at Coors Field. Um, I think that was just a big miss. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you. That's the voice of Drew Creaseman. All right. One more before we get you out of here, my friend. And we know the Rockies and how they've handled the trade deadline in year past. We know how they handle free agency in the past. And this isn't meant to be a slight, but I do got to ask. They're not the most advantageous team. They like to do things internally. They like to build within. They like the guys that they have from drafting and developing. What is the path for this team, right? If we're not going to see them get active in the trade market, if we're not going to see them get active in free agency with some of the bigger fish, is it simply draft, develop, you know, hope you get lucky along the way? And the second part to that question is retention, because we've seen the Rockies draft, develop, have good teams, have good cores, but they're unable to retain them. So give me your 5280 view on the Rockies and kind of their path back towards relevancy here in the National League. Yeah, I you know I think retention is always going to be the the toughest thing for them uh, in terms of that part of the question. But I do see, you know, consistent with something that Dick Monfort said, and I know a lot of people don't want to hear anything that he said, and you know, instinctively just say, well, it's probably all a bunch of nonsense <laughs> anyway. But look, the guy's got a lot of issues. He doesn't typically come out and just lie to us and say things that aren't true, especially when we're going to be able to back it up, right? right? And something he said a couple of years ago, you know, he said they went on a spending freeze, and that's one of the things that really aggravated the former star third baseman, was that they just decided we're not spending any more money, and then the pandemic, and then they really didn't, right? But he said, you know, next off season, which was referring to the one we just went through, we're going to increase the budget back to close to what we were at before, and then the off season after, we're going to be where we were at at our 17 and 18 levels. So... In the following offseason, they signed Chris Bryant. They also took on some money when they added Randall Gritchick in the Tapia trade that broke my heart. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, and all of that, right? So they added payroll. Uh, they added Colomay, Iglesias, right? They, they did what they said they were going to do. So I expect this offseason for them to add payroll. The question with this team is always, of course, will they do it in a way that's smart? Will they sign the right guy? Or will this be the next Ian Desmond, Daniel Murphy, you know, whatever. Even the Chris Bryant thing right now, obviously, he's been hurt all year, so that people aren't super excited about because he just hasn't really shown Rockies fans what he can do yet. But I do think they're going to spend this offseason. Not a ton, like you said. They're never going to go out and, you know, get Garrett Cole or whatever. You know, the Juan right. Soto for $550 million or whatever. But they're going to get a guy or two. 
And and the question will be, does that pair well enough with these other guys we've been talking about to come up so they can push themselves back into relevancy? I think it's possible. Is it likely? Ugh. Uh, but possible. Can I, can I stick with possible? That is fine. I, you know, we never really know, you know, what kind of happens with this Rockies team as we move forward. So I guess possible is good enough for the fan base as a whole. And uh, away we go. Drew, thank you so much for a few minutes of your time. We'll do it again soon. All right, my man? All right. Appreciate you. There he goes. Be sure to follow him on Twitter. At Drew Creaseman does a great job for us. MileHighSports.com. You learned something? Yeah, obviously, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, which, uh, you know, some crazy things about the NFL world and how it operates in this oh media sphere. But you know what, my friend? I think uh, I would say that from all the Rocky stuff I see, Drew has the most, I would say, ob- objectively positive attitude towards it. Because, yes. I mean, I think for like, it would be super easy to just be doom and gloom all the time with the Rockies. I think you see a lot of it with oh, other I'm people on the beat. Yeah. I mean, you're just, you wake up miserable. No, I do. No, I'm, do. I'm not afraid to say that. I'm a miserable person. <laughs> But From the no, sports perspective. I, I just remember even watching, like, back in the day, like, when I lived at Grand Junction, uh, Tapia was with the Grand Junction Rockies for a little bit, and I had a chance to watch him up close. Uh, it's kind of some cool stuff, man. But uh, Yeah. I guess the one sad thing with the Rockies, to put a bow on it, is you know in two or three years with all these prospects, they're going to be right back in it. They're going to have a good team. The question will come back down to pitching again. I guess that's why I, I emphasized on retention. Because, I mean, it seems like you look at 07, 08, 09. Like, those teams were an awful had good teams. You know, 17, 18, good teams. Just a lack of retention. So, you know, we'll see what happens as they move forward. But to me, there's nothing better than when your baseball team's good here locally. So keep an eye on that. All right. Final break. Come back. Sports potpourri. Big stories we may have missed throughout the show. My Life Sports. (laughs) 